welcome back to another episode of No Trash Talk. I'm Liv. I'm Katie. And today we have a, a treat. very, very special episode because <laughs> we got a composting expert to talk to us about compost and our minds are blown. <laughs> Your minds are about to be blown. We just did the interview and... We learned so much. I know. It's like, I want to give like shook right now. <laughs> I just want to give so many things away. Like, I feel like we've been giving bad advice. <laughs> I feel like they already knew that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just like, well, we don't know. But no, there's a few things that we've said that we're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's just like, yeah, no. So you, like, here's the thing. You guys have been asking for this episode. Like Liv and I didn't even ever consider doing a composting episode. No. No. We were like. You know, we just put it in a green bin and they take it away. The but. man in the truck <laughs> takes it and that's all we needed to know. But now, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, seriously, mind blown. We talked about so many really important things. And I feel like for all the people who don't have a composting system where like where they live and we mm-hmm. always talk about how it's so great. Like we, you know, just yeah. like they compost it for us. But now we're so fired up to do at home composting. So yeah. And hopefully you guys will be too. It's true. Like essentially she talks about a couple ways our, our guest Kelly, she talks about a couple ways where literally all of your food waste can be composted at home, whether you're in an apartment, a condo, a house, whatever it is. So we just can't wait for you guys to listen to this. And you're the, the reason this happened, this episode, is because of you guys. You are asking for it. And we had to deliver because you're so classy. <laughs> you're the best listeners ever. ever. Okay. But before we get into that, we are going to do... I'm sure oh, we're oh, updates. Updates. This isn't even an update, but this episode is going live on Father's Day. Exactly. It, Father's Day in Canada, for sure. Yeah, I don't is know. Is it Father's Day ever? Well, anyway... <laughs> father's day here so okay what what's your father's day plans well so for father's day now i can't just celebrate my father because brock's this a is father. his first father's day it's his first father's day so i really have to divide my time a little bit until oh. lila's old enough to like take the reins and right. make him like cereal in bed <laughs> but so what we're gonna do we're actually gonna go camping on my parents lawn <laughs> because they built they live on a lake and they kind of built this area that they flattened it and they added grass and they're calling it Lila's Landing and they added like rocks and it's so cute. So we're going to go camping down there. Then we're going to wake up and we're going to have pancakes outside and we're going to make coffee and I'm going to give him a super trashy present that I'll talk to you guys about (laughs) in the trashy segment. And um, well, it's medium trashy. So that's for Brock. So Brock is mostly classy but a little bit of trash. And then for my dad, so I wasn't actually going to get him anything. I was going to give him like a back scratch because he loves those. I don't know if that's, that's weird. That's like the, the most zero waste thing. Just give him a back scratch. It's kind of weird. It's so weird, but whatever. He loves it. And, um, but Brock, I brand. So, okay. You guys know my reusable parchment paper is basically black now because so it still works but what I read online is that you're actually only supposed to use them about 500 times and I've used them like 2,000 <laughs> or more so I Brock was like this is getting out of control let's get some new ones but he got me what not the stuff for the oven he went to the store and got me reusable parchment paper for a barbecue and I was like oh. don't need that but also that's kind of cool and he got two so I'm actually going to give that to my dad. So instead of using, you know, tin foil or like, yeah, basically replaces tin foil on your barbecue, right. which it, it, it tin foil is recyclable, but only if you wash it, I think. And it's kind yeah, of hard it to wash. Yeah, kind of gets like charred and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So now this, 
you have this, so I'm going to give him to that. It's like you can put, you know, vegetables on it or potatoes or things that maybe like a veggie burger would be good. Right. The stuff that doesn't go through the cracks. So that's what I'm giving him. So it's a pretty classy gift. That is classy. Yeah. I should get that for my dad. Yeah. You can just get the at the Sobeys. Oh. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's where I got my, like my oven parchment paper. Yeah, exactly. So they ran out. So I had to order them online. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Um, okay. So for Father's Day, well, we're leaving for Cape Breton on Father's Day. We're going away with Greg's family to a cottage. So on Saturday night, we're just going to my parents' house. We're going to have like a plant-based BBQ. Cute. And yeah, it'll probably be a little bit trashy, mm. a little bit classy. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I get the reusable parchment, it'll be mega classy. True. Because we're going to do like veggies on the grill. So I think normally he would use tinfoil, but yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So let's get into classy and trashy. Editor Greg, cue the music. Tell us, tell us the trashy moment. Okay. Well, it's only medium trashy. Okay. Here's the thing. I got Brock beats by Dre headphones like six years ago. And they're kind of falling apart and he's kind of outgrown them, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like he needs, anyway, he loves like new, new technology. So I got him like little AirPods, the good, like the Apple ones, the Apple high end, whatever. And I use them too. And they're just so amazing. And he goes kayaking and running and jogging. It's like, there's no cords, game changer. Yeah. But they're brand new that I don't even know how great Apple is as like a company. Probably. Probably not good. And there's packaging so I don't feel great about it but what I don't know I guess I could have looked for them online but he would not accept that I maybe would but he wouldn't oh like like secondhand ones yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of weird to give them they like use wa- ear like waxy <laughs> waxy but if you guys saw my tip I can get them unwaxy true is that on a highlight or did you just it's on a highlight okay cool okay, <laughs> okay so classy wise oh right what was my classy moment I had to buy Lila summer clothes, but all the secondhand stores here are closed. Yeah. So I found this store online. It was actually recommended to me by a couple people on like my personal Instagram. It's called Charlie Lou Consignment. We'll leave a link. And I got so many gorgeous secondhand pieces on the most, it was the, the usability of this website was so nice. I actually had to message her and be like, you the clothes are amazing. They were all higher end, you know, well, not higher end, but like gap and I don't know, banana, no, not banana Republic, but like, um, Zara, Zara, mm-hmm. any kind of like higher name brand, good quality. A lot of them had tags. They were like eight or $9 a piece. Wow. And I just got the best pieces for her summer. They were all secondhand on consignment online in a Canadian company. And it was just a perfect experience. And I love everything I got. That's amazing. Yeah. I feel really good about it. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You can, we can link that. Yeah, for sure. what about you so mine are both just kind of whatever um so my trashy moment is that I got my hair done yesterday so I hadn't been to the hairdresser like all of quarantine since way before that I got my like highlights touch up and stuff so it's just a trashy experience on their behalf like they use foil for Mm -hmm. like the foils and then they can't recycle that because it has like bleach on it sure yeah that was my trashy moment when they're when they're putting it on you're just like looking at all the foil being like like if this is all on my head how much is on like the other 10 people in here every day you know what I mean I know Um, so yeah it doesn't feel good but uh, you know here's the thing 
there we've had people message us being like, no, that there's the places in Halifax or wherever that are eco-friendly and they do it this way. But it is so far high, hard to find a hairdresser that you love. Yeah. Like I would never leave my hairdresser. I know. It's kind of like a, a very personal thing. Very. To change stylists. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's tricksy. Yeah. I did it once and it, it was heartbreaking. So <sighs> never again. <laughs> But my classy moment just involves sewing again. So I ended up altering this shirt I had to make it fit better. So I just feel more comfortable wearing it. Hmm. It was like super low cut and weird. So anyways, I just fixed it and now I love it. And you have to show me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then I, Greg was like out playing with Willa in this like kind of new sweater that he had, which was like really nice. And she literally like bit the fabric and like put a big tooth hole in <gasps> it no. so i just like sewed it up for him and you can't nice. even tell now so i just mended things this week it was classy that is awesome i feel yeah. like an underrated but great gift to give someone when, when they're just buying a new home or something is like a small sewing True. kit it's like it looks so boring but man will you need that one day yeah trust yeah like even just when I don't know. There's just so many things that like might get a little tear in them mm-hmm. or like the button comes off and then you end up like I have had this shirt in my closet. That's like a really pretty satin blouse that I haven't worn because the one of two buttons on it came off. <sighs> and if I had just sewn the button on, I would have I would have kept wearing it. So True. now if there's anything, if there's a button loose or if there's a little snag or whatever, I just fix it and then it's like it never happened. It's so classy. So classy. (laughs) Okay, so now we are going to get into the interview. I almost forgot this episode was about (laughs) composting, but this is the most exciting episode. So we're going to invite our guest Kelly in, and then we will see you guys at the end. Kelly, welcome to the show. Why don't you just introduce yourself to start? Sounds good. So um, thank you for having me. Um, My name is Kelly, and I work as a waste resource education officer with Halifax Solid Waste. And I'm happy to be here today. Yay, we're so happy to have you. So can we ask what inspired you to get into this career path? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I started working as a waste educator with Halifax Solid Waste just over two years ago. And um, it's just such an exciting uh, job in the sense that we get to be out into the community and we go into the schools, universities, businesses, and we basically get to talk to all the residents in HRM about how our waste is sorted. But most importantly, we also talk to people about why we sort waste the way we do. We give tours of our facilities, and we also get to teach people about composting, both our municipal composting systems and backyard composting. So it's uh, it's really great to be able to do that. Okay, we want a tour. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that actually sounds like it would be so informative. And I do just, before we even get into any more questions, I have to say that this episode on composting is the number one requested episode by far from our listeners. Because like, I I think you and I briefly met, I talked about this with you, but a lot of people don't have composting where they're from. So it's just good to, like we take it for granted, Liv and I, how lucky we are to know a little bit about it and not even the extent, but a lot of people know almost nothing. So we're just so happy to have you here. Oh, well, thank you so much. And, you know, it's the same for us. We've offered, you know, backyard composting sessions for many years, but lately there's a real uh, uptake in it. I think a, a lot of people are gardening and, you know, creating compost is one of the best things you can do for your garden. That is so amazing. 
Okay, yeah. so let's just start simple then. What is composting? So composting is really uh, simple. It's just the decomposition of organic matter into a product called humus. And humus is a just a component of soil. So, you know, when you think about soil, soil has, you know, rocks and minerals and uh, lots of living organisms. And humus is really that kind of bulky, the bulky part of soil that adds the structure and texture to it. When you think about the forest floor, all of the all of that decomposition is just happening naturally. So composting at home or commercially is just taking that material and just kind of, you know, creating the right components for it to decompose into soil. So, okay, this might be a stupid question, but when you're talking about, you know, the, the natural, how it happens naturally in the forest, are you talking about like leaves and everything that falls from the trees that literally is creating like a natural compost in the forest? Yeah, absolutely. So in the forest, you already have those perfect composting conditions in the sense that you've got water, you've got oxygen, and you have all of those living microorganisms that's needed to decompose the organic material. And then leaves are falling off trees, you've got mosses, all of that organic material just hits the forest floor and it naturally composts or decomposes. So, okay, so you kind of covered sort of what does compost turn into but where does it go so when we our compost is picked up on the side of the road where does that go first so within hrm it goes to one of two compost facilities we have two one over in goodwood and one over in burnside and dartmouth and between those two facilities we can process just over fifty thousand tons of organic material a year and inside the facilities, it stays in there for about three months. And we, you know, we do mimic those composting conditions. So we add water and oxygen and we stir it up, re- remove any contaminants such as plastic, that kind of stuff. It stays in there for about three months, heats up to just over 55 degrees to kill any um, pathogens or bad bacteria that could be in there. And then what we do with it is we use it for large uh, landscaping projects all over HRM. How, sorry, how do you remove the plastics? Like, how do you find it? Well, this one is really interesting. (laughs) We actually have a hand-sorted compost facility. So when all the organic material ends up on what we call the tip floor, all the trucks, they come into the facility, they drop the material. It actually gets picked up by a front-end loader and goes onto a conveyor belt. And there are sorters at the facility, and their main job is to remove what we call contaminants. So that could be, you know, any kind of hazardous waste. But to be honest, it's mostly plastic bags. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That's yeah, it's a very difficult job. Yeah, I'm sure that's very frustrating. <laughs> it's um, it's one of our biggest contaminants is plastic in the green bins. So, I believe you it. Know, we always try to get the message out that we don't accept any plastic in our green bins, including the ones that are labeled biodegradable, compostable. Right. So does that include, like, I know at some restaurants they have, like, plastic-looking straws that say biodegradable. That would be that kind of stuff too, right? Absolutely, yeah. None of that stuff is accepted. Okay. So when did Nova Scotia start to compost? Back in 1998. So we Mm. were actually one of the first largest municipalities in Canada to start municipally composting. Wow. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Proud yeah. of us. <laughs> yeah. So they rolled out the green bins, you know, your green bin that you have at home. And yes. mm-hmm. it's funny because we talk to people all the time and people are always so surprised how great those green bins have lasted. You know, a lot of people still have their original green bin. When the compost is complete and you use that, 
within the municipality is that the only place it goes it's just you guys compost it and then it kind of stays within the municipality does it do anything else or go anywhere else or is it sold anywhere else yes so um the municipality actually has a contract with a local landscaping company and they actually take all of the compost from the facility and they cure it for a little while after and then they're really the ones that are providing it for the commercial landscaping projects so the, the biggest one that we always like to mention to folks is, um, you know, the green fields all around the Halifax airport. Yes. Yeah. So much of those were actually landscaped with our HRM compost. That's great. That's so interesting. And so again, it takes about three months to create the compost. Yeah, it stays in our facility for about three months, but when it leaves the facility, it still needs to what we call cure. So the curing process could take anywhere from a year to two years where it just needs to sit to be turned just to get it to the point where the pH levels are okay and it's it's good to use for landscaping purposes. Wow, that's really cool. Um, okay, what are the benefits of, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, vermicomposting? Yeah. So vermicomposting is one that we've started um, creating education programs around for about a year now. And it's composting with worms, a very specific species of worm called the red wiggler. And it's great for anybody who, if you live in an apartment or condo, or if you're in a space where you don't have access to create a backyard composter, because you can just compost with vermicomposting worms in a plastic container in your house. What? Okay, so where do you get the wormies? You can buy the worms at um, uh, most garden centers will be able to access them for you. Some fishing stores. There are people online who sell them. Yeah, there's all sorts of ways to access them. Wow. Okay, so yeah, the benefit is that that's an easy way to compost at your house. That's great. Yes. Yeah, and the castings that come from vermicompost, so we call them castings. Essentially, they're worm poop. Um, but they are really valuable resource in terms of an amendment for soil. They're really, really teeming with really good living organisms, so fungus and bacteria and nematodes. Um, and in the gardening world, it's often referred to as gardener's gold. Okay, because it's so rich in... Yeah, it's just so rich in living organisms. And it's wow. just one of the greatest things that you can add to a garden if you have really depleted compacted soils you can vermicompost will really help with that and then you can also take um, a small amount of vermicompost and go through an aerated brewing process and create something called compost tea that you can water your lawn and garden with and that will all takes a little bit of vermicompost and spreads it a whole big area which is great so it almost acts as like a natural fertilizer um, it's actually not a fertilizer. It's more, the compost tea is more of a soil inoculant. So it's like a brew that is, um, so it's a liquid that you apply to the soil. And it's just, te- after you brew it, it's just teeming with beneficial bacteria and fungus. Yeah, so it's, it's you're adding living organisms to the soil. And a lot of depleted soils are just in desperate need of that jolt of living organisms to get it going. Right, because it's kind of like, I guess, again, kind of mimicking what the natural forest would be like, like that would be so rich in microorganisms, whereas say people's lawns or like gardens or whatever that have been depleted for so long would be devoid of that. 
That's right. It's very common for someone to, you know, um, so saw it in a lawn area. And then just after many, many years, if you just keep applying, say, an inorganic lawn fertilizer, it will make the grass green, but it doesn't feed the soil. So over time, the soil just becomes really compacted and depleted. And then people start getting issues with pests and weeds getting into their lawns. But if you can keep that soil really healthy and vibrant and you'll really increase the amount of you know weeds and pests that are going to try to get into your lawn that's great that's yeah yeah, that's so helpful okay so just switching a little bit can you tell us the difference between biodegradable and compostable items and if both go into the compost Yes. So this is a really, you know, it's really complicated. It's a lot more complicated than, than you would think, than it, you really think it needs to be. But um, in HRM, we definitely do not accept any plastics that are labeled biodegradable or compostable. Okay. So what we tell residents, if it looks and feels like plastic, it does not go into the green bin ever. So what is, do you know, what is the difference there's not any like real standardization for these sorts of things at the moment and there's a lot of marketing around them so it's really confusing for consumers um to know what to purchase you know and a lot of these things are more expensive and people feel like you know they're doing the right thing so it makes it really hard but essentially biodegradable just means that it can be broken down into smaller pieces So ideally, it would be broken down by microbes into a natural substance, but that's not always the case. So some biodegradable plastics are still like chemically identical to regular plastics. Sometimes things are labeled bioplastic, which usually means that they're a plastic that's made from a natural source. But that still doesn't, it's the same thing. They can still be chemically identical to just regular petroleum-based plastics. So uh, it's really hard to know. And then the ones that are labeled compostable, they should break down into 100% organic components. But the concern with those is, is, well, we're not 100% sure if they're all compostable. And even if they, they could be, it often takes a very, very long time for them to break down to their organic components so in a municipal composting system where we're rolling out the compost every three months it would just wouldn't have the chance to get broken down into right. their yeah okay that makes total sense yeah, so that was a lot. no but so just to i don't for lack of a better term dumb it down <laughs> for example um my daughter uses a biodegradable 100 percent rubber soother so what you're saying is that soother, it will eventually over years and years decompose, but it's not going to do it at the three month level that you need it to within your system. Correct? It might decompose. Right. So it, and it, it could take, you know, depending on what it's made of or how it was produced, it could decompose in, you know, several months or it could decompose in decades we we don't really know so you know it's a great um experiment for people at home if you have a compostable cup or something that says it's biodegradable if you're back there composting i always say well why not throw it in your backyard composter and just and see what happens okay right. that's a because uh, i was gonna say so what for example 
what do I, when that soother is done and I, so I don't throw it in the compost, you would just recommend pretty much everyone at home should have their own kind of small system and just throw it in there and see what happens. Well, that's just more so for an experiment type right. thing. But when it really comes down to it, if, if you get to the point where you no longer need that item, um, it would be, it would actually be garbage. What a tricky one. Because there's so many things, like you said, that are being marketed as, you know, compostable or biodegradable and all these kind of eco-friendly terms, but it's really not super helpful. It's gotten really popular now and a lot of, you know, if you go to buy an item, if you go to buy items for a party or an event that you're having, oftentimes you can get like single use cups and plates and forks and knives that are labeled biodegradable or compostable. And they're not accepted in our green bin system, whereas often you can buy the cheaper paper plates, the 100% paper ones. And if you can get bamboo cutlery, then all of that can go into the green bin. So bamboo really is a really good option for for that kind it, of stuff. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm not sure where the price point is at those now, but... Well, honestly, what we always try to get the message out is our reuse message. So whenever possible, use real plates and real cutlery because, you know, it can be used for so long. Okay. So what are the top items going along with that, that people think are compostable, but are not? So I guess those biodegradable, you know, single use things would be one that people think is, but isn't. So can you name maybe a couple others? Our municipal green card program, the two biggest culprits are the compostable plastic bags because they're just so misleading. Like it says right on the label, compostable plastic bags. So we get a lot of those. And probably the other biggest one we get in our green bin is the takeout coffee cup. Because um, most people think that they're actually 100% paper. So they think, oh, well, it can just go in the green bin. No different than you can put a paper bag in the green bin or a little bit of box board. But all takeout coffee cups are actually lined with a plastic bag. So they're no different than putting a plastic bag into the green bin. Okay, so can we just ask a few, list a few items, then you say if they're compostable or not? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so... Paper or paper towel? Paper towel that's used for cooking can definitely go into the green bin. The only paper we can step in the green bin really is if you want to line your mini green bin inside your home with a little bit of newspaper or a brown paper bag, that's completely fine. It also, a little bit of box board, and when we say a little bit, the reason is, is that if you are... You know, if you're chopping fruits and vegetables and you want to stuff the peelings into a cereal box or a granola bar box, then that's completely fine. You can put it in the green bin. But we don't want people putting all their box board into the green bin. So if your box board is clean and dry and you don't need it for your organics, then that goes into the paper. Okay. Okay. Popsicle sticks. Yeah, they can go in the green bin. Perfect. Okay. This one's kind of gross. Hair and nail clippings. Yeah, so anything that is, for lack of a better term, from your body, so anything that could potentially have like a body fluid or came from your body is garbage. We don't take anything like that in the green bin. Interesting. Okay, because we've honestly thought this whole time that wisely, when everything you read online, it's like, no, it goes right in the compost, but okay. Yeah, the same goes for like used Kleenexes. That was next on our list. (laughs) Yeah, garbage for sure. Okay. 
And then also, I don't know if you know, A&W has all of their packaging now when you buy like a burger or whatever, it says compostable and it's kind of like a, like thin paper bags for fries and stuff. Would those be truly compostable? I would have to see them to say 100%, but okay. if they are truly 100% paper, then yeah, absolutely. They can go in the green bin, no problem. Okay. So as long as they don't have that kind of coating, like the takeaway cups, I guess. Yes, that's right. And I'm assuming paper straws are fine. Yeah, paper straws can go in the green bin for sure. Okay. Wow, this has been a truly eye-opening. <laughs> and I don't know if you can, I know you're only here representing HRM, so we can cut this out if you need to, but is a lot of the rules you're saying now, does that for the most part pertain to other cities in, in Canada? So every municipality could potentially be a little bit different and there are differences even within Nova Scotia there's differences and the reason is is every municipality has a different facility so a lot of it comes down to what your particular facility can process. So I guess it's always good for people to really look up in their own exact area or their own municipality to find out for sure. Yeah, that's right. And it's one reason we're really lucky here in Nova Scotia, because in Nova Scotia, there are waste educators all over the province. And all of the information is on Divert Nova Scotia website. So no matter where you are in Nova Scotia, you can find a waste educator in your area. And they can help you figure out, you know, what what goes in and what stays out. Oh, that's great. We can definitely we'll link that on our website to that site Uh so that people can use that for sure. Okay, what are a few items that aren't composted but should be that you know of? When, when we go out and we meet with people, I think that the biggest surprises to people are that you can put um, meat, bones, dairies, fats, and oils in the municipal composting system. Some people, if they're, if they're new to an area where maybe they didn't have municipal composting or maybe they're really familiar with backyard composting, which is a little bit different, they're often surprised to hear that you can put animal products in the municipal composting system. But because of the way that our facilities can process the material, it's completely fine. We can handle it, no problem. Right, and that's because cities or whatever it is, they recommend that when you do do backyard composting, not to put meats and dairies and bones is because it attracts animals. Is that kind of the primary reason that their confusion happens? Yeah, I, and it's true. So it, it, they can it can potentially attract, you know, pests and rodents, and that kind of thing. But also um, in our municipal system, we have the capacity to make sure that all of the compost is heated over 55 degrees for at least a three-day period. And what that does is it ensures that any um, dangerous pathogens that could potentially be in there are are eradicated. So you can't guarantee that in your backyard compost system. Right, that makes sense. So it makes it just the process a little bit different. Okay, So so for people like our listeners of this podcast who live in cities that don't have a compost system, is there anything that you can suggest they do at home? I guess vermicompost. Yeah, I mean, I'm a really uh, big promoter of backyard composting. You know, even within HRM, we always ask residents, you know, if you're interested in backyard composting, please contact us. We're really happy to set people up success and it's really a win-win like if you're already going out and you're buying all these fruits and vegetables you know why give it to the municipal system when you can take those things that you already purchased and then you can turn them into a valuable resource for your own garden 
do you, I mean, I'm sure there's so many ways to do it, but I don't even know if this is the way, but I remember growing up, my mom had this like big brown crate type bin in our backyard and we just threw vegetables in there, but I don't know how successful it was. I was just a kid, but like, do you have some ideas on the best way to go about it? Yeah, so there's several different ways to do it. It's a it's a little bit to to get into right now, but sure. um, you know, if you ever want to sign up for one of our online sessions, we go through the whole thing. So we'll talk about all the different kinds of bins and containers that you can buy commercially. We also go through, you know, like DIY systems that you can build at home. And all the things that go in, all the things that don't go out, we give tips on, you know, how to maintain your backyard composter. Like I said before, we, we just want to set people up for success. And once you know, you know, what goes in and how to maintain it, it's, it's very, very simple. There's just a few simple things that you need to follow. And once you follow them, you're going to be successful and you're going to get some really good quality compost. So can anybody take, so it's through, the course is through Divert NS, correct? No, it's actually through Halifax um, Solid Waste. And anybody can take that, even if you're not in Nova Scotia? We do do webinars where people can kind of join in from wherever they are, and we post those on our Facebook page, Halifax Recycles. But for the most part, um, our one-on-one sessions are with NHRM. So we used to do these, of course, all in person. Um, we would go to community gardens and community centers and libraries and just offer them to the public. But now we're doing them online. So anyone who's interested in backyard composting, vermicomposting, if you want to brew compost tea, you can connect with us. And we connect with you virtually through Microsoft Teams. And we'll go through the whole thing and get you all set up. That's great. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. I'm so excited to learn about this wonderful it's exciting it's very rewarding to uh make your own compost yeah we're super into diy everything so (laughs) yeah that's awesome thank you okay so is there anything else you wanted to add or just anything you wanted to tell the listeners of this podcast who are all fired up about composting now i highly recommend that if you haven't tried it (laughs) to give it a try you know it's um it's really fun for everyone, you know, adults and kids alike, people really um, find it interesting. And it's very rewarding, like I said before, to go through the process of adding that organic material, adding that carbon material, you know, you're taking care of it. And then at the end, you have this great product for your garden. Vermicomposting, you know, people who start vermicomposting, they really um, become promoters of vermicomposting because it's a lot of fun. Those little worms in a little bin can process so much organic matter so quickly. It's really amazing to watch. Wow, that's and- so good. Um, I guess just lastly, so all the food, so many of our listeners eat a lot of plants and a lot of food. They have a lot of food waste, obviously. So that food, like those scraps, can just all be pretty much composted even at home would you say like do do you kind of have to do a combination of at home or also using the municipality or can most of it just go to your own home whether you have an apartment a condo um, a yard and just do it that way so you you probably can put everything that you are producing into your backyard composter or your vermi bin wow that's incredible 
Yeah, so it's really specific. For the vermicomposting system, it's very specific what you can put in versus what you can't put in. The backyard composting is a little more versatile in that, you know, you for the most part, you can put most things in there except for processed foods and animal products. Um, so you can get through a lot, right? Wow. And That's great. But that's the great thing about being in Nova Scotia is the stuff that, you know, keep the good stuff for yourself, make some compost, and then the remainder can go to the municipal system. But one of the reasons that we promote it and we offer these free educational sessions is because the more people who are composting at home, it really does help reduce the stress on the municipal facilities. So if you can imagine, we're emptying all the green bins from, you know, we're taking it from all the residents and grocery stores and restaurants. So it's a lot of material that we're processing. So the more people are back there composting, the less material we have to pick up, which can also help reduce the number of trucks that need to be on the road picking up all the green carts. So true. There's a lot. Sounds like there are just so many benefits to composting at home especially for again all the people that can't like don't have um, a system where they live so this has been really really truly helpful we've learned so much yeah and where you're talking about waste um, reduction another thing I just want to add is that this year when we really started compost awareness week this year we really started integrating the backer composting vermicomposting and compost tea And we kind of brought it all together to talk to people about how to build healthy soil in their garden because the ripple effect of that can really be substantial in that you're building healthy soil in your garden. You are also reducing the need um, to buy things like pesticides, herbicides, and inorganic fertilizers that very often come in plastic bags and plastic jugs. So there's also the ripple effect of reducing that plastic waste in your gardening activities. That's, yeah, that's just so amazing. I never even considered that. Wow, this has been so helpful. Kelly, thank you so much for being here. And yeah, we've just, we learned so much. So thank you for taking the time to educate us. Oh, thank you for having me anytime. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys. Hi, we're back. So we're going to do our game. So we originally were maybe going to do this with our guest, but we started late and we didn't want to like keep her so much later. So we just have 10 rapid fire questions to ask each other, <laughs> which aren't meant for each other. So they're going to be stupid. <laughs> when is our game not stupid? <laughs> Last week's game was a disaster. Was what was disaster. your name? Silver, Silver f- Silverfish or something? No, it sounded like silverfish, but it wasn't. Cannot. It's like, so I don't. I don't know. Okay. Question number. I'm crying. One. <laughs> I feel like I know this for you. What is your favorite tree species? Well, okay, I have an answer for this. Specifically in our yard, like I really like you know maples and birches and stuff like that. But pine trees, I like having a sheltered house. Like I don't even want my neighbors to see me. I like being so secluded and hidden that you can walk around naked. 100%. <laughs> but in the summer or in the wintertime, all of the trees lose their leaves, but pines keep keep it. Yeah. So I really like having pines in my house, like around the yard just yeah. for like the seclusion of it. But leaves are really beautiful, but they just don't last all year long. I know. Like a rumba. Anyway, so that's my favorite tree for that specific reason. Love it. Birches are cool too, though. True. 
continue. Oh, wait, my turn. Okay, Liv, what is your favorite flower? I really don't know. Okay, well, my favorite fl- like garden plant flower thing all growing up was bleeding hearts. My mom always had a bunch. Have you seen them? Oh, they're wait, like the, the little, like little heart droplets. So cute. Yeah, and they're just really pretty, so I'll say that. Okay. What is your favorite house plant? Probably my fiddle fig, even yeah. though it's real finicky and she's given me a tough time, but it is really growing right now. Like it has five new leaves just in the last two weeks. And I just know it's going to thrive in the, the environment. So I'm really loving it. Like getting it's to know so that plant. Aesthetic. Yeah. So aesthetic. Although pothos are also very beautiful. True. Okay. Yeah. Ty. What house plant have you killed the most, Liv? Um, this is going to come maybe as a shock because they're supposed to be the easiest to take care of, but succulents. Okay. No, I'm with you. Killed everyone. Yeah. Can't keep them alive. I just, they give me the, yeah, they're just the hardest to take care of. I hate them. Yeah. They're finicky. People are like, oh, they're so easy. You don't even have to water them. But like every single one of mine. Yeah. It's, it's not good. Okay. The easiest plant to propagate. In my opinion opinion it's probably just been aloe it's just so simple aloe and i have this little plant that i have propagated probably oh spider plants no brainer spider plants is the easiest next okay i'll have to look that up just because they grow little babies and you just cut it and that baby just gets goes right in soil Yeah. yeah i feel like i can picture that yeah okay what is your favorite vegetable to eat bok choy next i thought you i thought you said you used yu choy Oh, well, whatever. They're Are you back to bok? Well, I've been eating more bok choy now because that's what's available. But you know, they grow it right here in Nova Scotia, eh? Like I was at the vegetarium last week and they had baby bok choy <gasps> at the vegetarium. There was like five in a bag and I ate that er day. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And they grew it right here. Okay. I have to go to the vegetarium so bad. Okay. What this is. These questions are actually kind of perfect for us. What mm-hmm. is your favorite vegetable to grow? carrots 100% carrots although my peas are crushing this year but carrots are fun to grow because when you like with most vegetables that aren't root vegetables you can like see how big the kale is you can see how big the spinach is and you just pluck them you don't know what's happening under the ground carrots are like a surprise it's such a surprise so like last year I had about like 40 carrots in my garden and Brock and I took turns picking out each one and we'd like pull it and be like like, like, well that's a long and then you pull it and be like a like seriously like an inch long stone and you're like oh and like it was just so fun because you had no idea what was underneath so it's really really fun to grow if you'd like have it as like a little game okay but think about farmers whose livelihood depends on they're probably not a fan of that aspect. No. But they probably grow good ones every time. Yeah, exactly. Like my soil maybe wasn't loose enough to like actually have it grow all the way down. That or sense. I'm not an expert in carrot gardening. It's just really fun to grow. What is, wait, is it, what is the hardest vegetable for you to grow? You've never grown a vegetable. All of them. <laughs> I'm growing a little tomato plant. Okay, so my mom and I got oh tomato plants at the same time. Oh I think God. I said that. Uh, anyway, I just didn't know you. I didn't know you actually planted it. Okay, so it's still in its little pot. Okay, I haven't like planted it in like a bigger thing. Okay, but my mom did, and hers is like twice the size of mine, and hers is doing really well, and mine's like stayed the same height, and I'm like, that makes sense because it needs what can happen with any kind of plant if it doesn't have enough space. It just like the roots kind of get balled up, and it just can't like thrive. Okay, like, so I just need to plant it into a bigger pot. Okay, I'll yeah, do that. Exactly. Okay. What is the most underrated tree? 
underrated tree is it pine the bonsai <laughs> the bonsai okay i don't know <laughs> well, an opinion we're, we're, we're going for it what is your favorite berry raspberry yum lila loves those I love raspberry. that was fun it was actually not as stupid as i expected <laughs> that was probably one of our better ones although so you guys i have to say my husband Brock is officially a member of the Classy Crew and he loves her episode and he was listening. He's going back to the beginning. He's listening to them all and he really want. Well, he was like dying laughing when we did Stan- the Santa Claus for like <laughs> fuck, Mary kill. <laughs> and I was like, man, we got to bring that game back. Yeah, again. we really do. We just need it like know. a theme. Okay, we'll theme it and do it for next week. Okay, well, next week we're doing a baby episode. Okay, so, so <laughs> let's do it the next week. Let's do it week. the week after that. <laughs> so that I'm not doing well with the baby stuff this week. I'm just like really. <laughs> yeah, you're all over the place. Okay, so we're going to read a review. Mm-hmm. This one's really short, so maybe I'll do the second one down. Okay. The title is My Favorite Podcast. I heard about this podcast through Life Chats with Liv B and was so excited when Katie and Liv announced the podcast. The girls have such fun banter together and it feels like I'm hanging out with friends discussing zero waste in a way that makes it fun and attainable. I love that they don't try and be perfect and admit when they have their trashy moments along with sharing new tips they find or tips other listeners have given them. It really makes it feel like a two-way conversation. Thank you for this podcast. It has become a little light in the darkness that is 2020. Haha, <laughs> much love. Cute. Aww. 2020 has been dark. Okay, that was also, that was by Jane. T. Jane. <laughs> I was probably not correct, but whatever. <laughs> and obviously that was five stars. That was really sweet. I'm so glad that you guys are finding that this podcast is brightening your COVID dark days. <laughs> The dark days of 2020. <laughs> I feel like I've actually been so positive during this time. You, yeah, you're just you, a positive person. Yeah. I've had a little bit. You've of gone. You were a bit more of like a an ocean. A little bit of a roller coaster. When am I not, though? Okay. <laughs> so, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Yeah. We had so much fun talking about composting. and So inspired. We're definitely going to do a recycling episode at some point. We're going to get yep. an expert back on. Maybe mm-hmm. Kelly, if she's up to it. <laughs> she was like, I'm never coming back. <laughs> I really hope she enjoyed talking to us as much as we enjoyed talking to her. But, you know, we're just, we're very enthusiastic. So, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we're fired up. Yeah. Okay. Well, we love you guys. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.